beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. episode has a prompt and a topic that I want you to take to your journal or text to your best friend or answer on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. Today's question. Are you lonely? Loneliness feels like one of the great taboo topics of adulthood, because on the surface, it seems like most of us have no reason to be lonely. Ample opportunities abound for most people to be involved in, from clubs to sports to hobbies to churches, community events. There are lots of things out there to put us in contact with other people, even like-minded people. And the internet The great connector of our age means that we're never really alone, right? People live in our screens, in our pockets. And yet. I see and hear people whispering that they are profoundly lonely. The former Surgeon General of the U.S., Vivek Murthy, wrote in the Harvard Business Review in 2017 that during his years caring for patients, the most common pathology he saw was not heart disease or diabetes. It was loneliness. He goes on to say that loneliness and weak social connections are associated with a reduction in lifespan similar to that caused by smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Ongoing loneliness can be that devastating to our health. And this is not just a problem with older generations or with the angst of younger generations. Dr. Murthy calls loneliness an epidemic, and it can affect everyone at some point in their life. I am not a doctor, obviously, so this is just commentary on what I have seen and experienced. But in my own life, I have felt the most lonely 
when I was surrounded by people. If loneliness is really a deep sense of disconnection, then there's not necessarily a correlation between feeling lonely and knowing a lot of people. You can feel lonely within your set of friends, lonely in your marriage, lonely even when you're at a family gathering where everyone has known you your whole life. We are meant to feel connected to one another, and when we don't, it can be a tough thing. Sometimes we may talk ourselves out of how we feel because we are not even sure how to name it. Like we don't even want to use the word lonely. There's a little bit of societal shame to feeling lonely, like that's something we should outgrow after being children, or somewhere along the way, maybe we've gotten the message that loneliness is for losers, or that smart and introspective people should be content with being our own best friends, or that if we're lucky enough to have lots of family and friends, then we really don't get to claim loneliness. And yet, that feeling of disconnection, like nobody here understands me, I don't belong in this group, no one is reaching out to me, or I miss someone who is no longer here, that is loneliness. And if it lasts for a while, it really affects your mental health. I think a lot more of us than you would suspect have had seasons of loneliness for all kinds of reasons. I'm going to tell you about a time in my life when I was really lonely, and then the two things I did that changed everything about that for me. As you take this prompt of, are you lonely, to your journal or to a friend or to social media, you may want to take the variation of the question to be, when have you been lonely? Like Maybe it was when you moved to a new city, or maybe it was after a great loss, and of course, maybe it's right now. I understand that this is a more vulnerable topic, especially to post on social media. So more of you might end up answering this one privately, but I do think it's one of those things where we assume we're the only ones and to hear others share their stories always, always, always makes an impact. So I'm going to share mine. This is actually something I've talked about before on the friendship episode of the Sorta Awesome podcast, where I used to be a co-host, and a few times on my former blog. Every time I talk about loneliness, I get a response of surprise from people, because from the outside, it looks like I have a lot of friends, a loving family, a great partner, and I do have all of those things. And I had all of those things even when I felt the most alone. My longest period of loneliness was when I was early married. The euphoria of a year's worth of wedding planning had worn off. My husband Jeff and I wanted to start a family right away, and we were remodeling a really old home. And so for several logistical reasons, I quit working my job for a little bit to manage both of those things. So as a newlywed, no longer going to work every morning, and at that time in LA, most of my friendships had come from my job working in television. So I can see that I was maybe having a tiny bit of an identity crisis. I can look back now and know that I was going through a pretty big life transition, but I wasn't giving myself the space or the grace to process it. I was just full steam ahead, no matter what. And I was bored, frankly. I mean, I was busy. We had a lot going on in those days but I was not intellectually stimulated by renovating my house. And most of my friends were either in the trenches with little kids or they were like LA partying single folk. I just didn't feel like I fit into any of that. 
I was also telling myself sort of an untrue story, that there was no one else in my situation, that no one could possibly understand my emotions, even if I explained them. So somehow, not purposely, of course, I built this island of isolation. Now, I am not saying that your loneliness is built on a false narrative. Facts on the ground may exactly be that you are in a new town and actually literally do not know anybody and you're lonely. That is one level of loneliness. My factual situation wasn't exactly false either, but how I felt about it led to further isolation, meaning I felt that I was never again going to have the kind of friends I had in college, or I would never again have the camaraderie of workplace friends. So feeling like this was forever, like no one wants to be close to me, no one has time for me, this was the new normal, feeling that way just made it worse. I want to stop here and say that over the course of this podcast, mental health stuff is probably going to come up a lot. I have had lifelong anxiety. I had a difficult time after my kids were born. Mental health struggles are not something I want to shy away from talking about. And I know that deep loneliness can be tied to depression or unhealthy relationships or other things that need some kind of intervention, medical or otherwise. And if that is your struggle, I encourage you to reach out to a professional. Loneliness doesn't have to be that serious, though. For me, this season I'm talking about, I was just lonely. Like It wasn't super deep. I just didn't have the kind of friendship connections that I wanted, that I'd had before, that I knew was possible. All of that seemed out of my reach at the moment. So as you're talking about this or journaling about this, know that loneliness can be a symptom or a cause of something more serious, or it can also just be a signal that your life circumstances are changing or your friend group is shifting, or that you're bored in your life and that you should pay attention to that. Let me tell you the two things I did that changed everything for me in terms of emotional connection to others. I did not purposely do these two things to alleviate my loneliness, but these two things alleviated most of my loneliness. I started a book club and I started a blog. The book club came about at a birthday dinner where I sat across the table from a woman named Priya who was new to LA. She had just moved here. She didn't really know anyone. And we got to talking about books. This was 11 years ago now. And I still remember this kind of magical moment when I said, we should start a book club together. After that dinner, I followed through. And I really only had one other friend at the time, a former roommate named Rachel, One other person who would have been interested in a book club. So I had two people, a person new to LA and a former roommate. That is all I had to work with, but they each invited a friend or two. And so before you knew it, there were seven of us, which if you ask me is a great size for a book club. And that little group of women made me feel like I was part of something. We were not particularly like-minded. We didn't really see each other much socially outside of our meetings. But the whole thing shifted all of my energy around thinking I didn't have friends. Because I did have these friends. We were all looking for some kind of connection when we started the book club. And so it became as important to them as it was to me. And we met like clockwork. This is another key, I think, having a regularly scheduled thing to look forward to. Spending hours on a Saturday with smart, interesting women. We would talk about the book, sure, but we would also talk about life and ourselves Even though it was only once a month, making these intimate friendships, I felt seen and heard and stimulated 
And that was exactly what I needed, even though it wasn't all that much. Deep conversations once a month sustained me for a long time, years. The second important thing I did to get myself out of loneliness was start a blog. Starting a blog is a whole different beast. Now, this was in 2010. The book club had started in 2008. So what I want to say about starting a blog seems like it might look a little different 10 years later, but in some ways it doesn't because it's all about online connection, even though the way we make online connections now has evolved somewhat. I started a mommy blog when my daughter was just a few months old. So my days were full of motherhood, but it was back to that same thing where I was feeling alone in my circumstances. I didn't have friends with newborns. I was really craving a creative outlet. I needed some kind of work discipline. And this was when personal blogs were really taking off. So within months of starting this LA-based blog, you can imagine what happened. I suddenly found other LA-based moms who had blogs. So they were People in my circumstance, people I did not know existed because they weren't in my circle. There is no way I would have met them otherwise, but that is the glory of the internet. And that's why this story still applies because the blog, the internet, showed me who was out there, people with the same interests or the same age kids or just in my literal location. During those early years of blogging, I met my friend Bethany on Twitter because we were both tweeting about the same helicopters in the sky which quickly realized we were looking at the same thing, which meant we were obviously in the same neighborhood. So of course we ended up meeting up and we became friends. I met my friend Morgan, who was also mommy blogging in LA. She had a daughter almost exactly the same age as my daughter. So we just met up, total internet strangers. We met up at the park with our girls. Now I realized we were both looking for friendship connection in order to be willing to do that. And that scenario may not always play out perfectly. Fair warning. But I will say that all of those things, all of the friends I've met online, came from me sharing myself on the internet. Really just sharing myself, period. Putting something out there, in person or online, for others to connect to. Through blogging and sharing, I started to go to blogging meetups and conferences. And so by getting out from behind the screen after I'd made these initial on-screen connections, meeting those people in real life that I knew had my similar interests. That's where I met a wonderful group of women who came into my daily life at just the right time. So we'd met in person through our shared blogging communities, but most of our friendship developed by chatting online. I went from my once-a-month book club being my main source of friendship to checking in with this online group every day. So slowly but surely, developing all these friendships, not overnight, but over time, made me feel like I wasn't on an island. I actually had a good group of support and fun, but it did take putting myself out there over and over to feel like I belonged somewhere. Because it really is about belonging to a group or just to one or two other people to feel like you're not just loved, but liked. I want to say that part again. It's one thing to know that you're loved, but it's really essential in relationship to feel liked as well. When I've spoken before about loneliness or making adult friends, people always want to know how the friendship dance goes down. Like, how do you get to the point where you're liked? And listen, I get it. It can be so awkward. It can be a little bit like dating when you're trying to find a new friend. And it is exhausting putting yourself into new experiences with new people 
Maybe you're like me and you inevitably say something dumb right out of the gate. I understand all of this. But like dating, you do sort of naturally click with some people more than others. And so when that happens, it's amazing. A strong connection with someone or with the group, that connection has the power to pull you out of isolation. As an adult, though, I understand that it's just no longer as easy as meeting up at our lockers every morning, you know? You have to be intentional and make an effort, sometimes out of your comfort zone. And that is harder for some of us than others. But participation is part of relationship. In Los Angeles, making friends in my early 20s was so much harder for me than I could have anticipated. I really was a fish out of water for a long time. The women I was meeting were just so different from what it had been like growing up in Oklahoma. Like the girlfriend's guide to friendship was working under different rules than I understood. I don't know if that's a regional thing or if that's a common thing just out of college, but I floundered in the beginning with making girlfriends. And I had and I have a great spouse and I have longtime childhood friends that all live in different states, but the missing piece for me was local in-person, regular interaction with women that I enjoyed and trusted. That was the formula that I wanted. Local, enjoyable, and trustworthy. And it took some trial and error to get there. Also note that I said women here. I was on the hunt for good girlfriends, local girlfriends, and that was very much on purpose because I have an unpopular opinion that I'm going to share. My husband is not my best friend. My husband, Jeff, he is hands down my favorite person on the planet. He is my first call with good or bad news. He is my soulmate. He is a true partner in this life, but he is not my best friend. My best friends, my girlfriends, they fulfill an entirely different thing in my heart. They fill a very specific girlfriend role that it would be unfair to heap upon Jeff. I would be setting myself up for disappointed if I expected Jeff alone to be my everything all the time. It would just be too much pressure for us. Instead, he gets to be my most favorite and most important person in my life, but he is still not my best friend. I have best friends and I have a husband and they are not the same people. I don't know if that speaks to you or not, Maybe your spouse is your best friend and that works great for you guys. But I share it because I think there can be a lot of pressure for your marriage to be everything at all times. And 10 years ago in my early marriage loneliness, I realized how much I needed girlfriends, that I like a lot of different connections in my life and with different people. And when we're getting honest about our loneliness, it's not always when we're physically alone It can be in context of our most precious relationships. In the last few years, I entered a whole new world of mom friends when my kids started elementary school. Those friendships came so much easier than in the baby days or in my early 20s in a new city. One of the best things about established communities, whatever that looks like for you, like school or church or sports, is that you have an organic commonality right away and there are regular interactions. So with my new mom friends, our kids were the same age, at the same school, with the same activities. So like it or not, I was seeing these women all the time. And even as an introvert, I realized that it just filled me up to be around them, to have girlfriends. 
Jeff looked at me one time and said he had noticed the difference between my days of loneliness and now. That friendship lights me up. And he's right. In the years when I didn't have very many friends, and this was quite a stretch of years, my light dimmed. We can light each other up. But sometimes it's not simple. I understand that. I don't know where you're listening from today or what your circumstances are, but I do think it's good to do a personal check-in on ourselves and our relationships. Are we lonely? Is it something we can change? Does it require a sweeping evaluation or maybe just a group text to meet for margaritas on Friday? Whatever your thoughts are on your current or a former state of loneliness, the whole point of 10 Things to Tell You is to share, either privately in your journal or with a trusted friend or if you're brave about this one, on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. I do want you to think about this prompt of loneliness and needing connection, and I want you to reach out to someone this week. Someone that you suspect is lonely for whatever reason, or maybe you're the lonely one and there's a friend that you miss. I want you to reach out to them and check in, say you're thinking about them, that you'd love to get together soon. I think it would be good for them, and I know it would be good for you. I'm Laura Tremaine, and you just listened to the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10thingstotellyou. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.